2: miss to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
0: Well, happy Good. Friday to you, Golden Eagle fans listening on the Super Talk Mississippi Network. It's the Eagle Hour. Happy to have you. End of a great week. Beautiful week. A little chilly today in the Pine Belt, wherever you're listening to us in the state of Mississippi or around the world. Appreciate you joining us. Today, Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and beautiful downtown Laurel. Bob, Christmas week is soon approaching. Dickie's barbecue sounds better than ever. <laughs> Dickie's barbecue
1: sounds good any day. Friday nights are especially good. Then, of course, uh, as you and I both know, Luke, you can uh, enjoy it in their dining room or take it home. Kelly, of course, loves that barbecue with uh, spinach and soft serve ice cream. I've never c- yeah. completely figured that one out. But Dickie's is just great, and a uh, great time to do some catering. Uh, Dickie's can set up your catering for any event, large or small. Patrick McGee's is about to join us from the Biloxi Sun Haramal. Jeremy Hirsch later in the show, who is the owner of Spartan Mosquito. And, man, we, we've got the story of the year to share with our listeners today about what Jeremy and other business people in this area did today for the Homes of Hope Toy Drive, for the kids at Homes of Hope. It's just phenomenal, and uh, we really look forward to talking to him. But first, uh, Patrick McGee, the professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, normally with us on Thursday. We moved him back today until Friday. And, uh, Patrick, how are you down there on the beautiful Gulf Coast?
3: I'm great. I'm actually in New Orleans at the moment, but it's uh, nice and clear, and I just took blue for a walk, and it it feels like Christmas now.
1: (laughs) Well, good. All right, football's over, Patrick. Basketball's about to start. Uh, Your thoughts on uh, how things shaped up with the football staff and and everything, first of all, with recruiting for Southern Miss football?
3: Yeah, it was kind of a a hectic week. Uh, You you basically put your uh, coaching staff out there and you sign 11 guys. Uh, Overall, I mean, I think Southern Miss fans have good reason to be pleased uh, with the way the first batch of recruits came through for, for Will Hall. Uh, you know, I I think I told Luke a lot of these guys they signed felt like guys that would have been Southern Miss guys uh all along if there hadn't been all that uncertainty going on at uh, Southern Miss. So uh but I, I also think they kinda of reached out and got some guys at Southern Miss wouldn't have gotten under the previous staff, you know, say if say it's Jay and everything was going fine under Jay Hobson. So I think, you know, considering the time limitations, everything else, I think everything kinda of fell in place about as well as Will Hall could have expected. So I, I think uh, things are looking good on that side. On the staff side, it's, you know, a bunch of Will guys that work with Will Hall. You know, it's going to be a young staff but for the most part. Um, but, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's it's the staff that will allow Will Hall to kind of implement the program he wants to. He should have pretty good uh, communication uh, uh, from him on down through the staff and to the players. So I think in that regard, I think it will allow them to kind of get things rolling here in the spring.
0: Luke? Patrick, um, when we look at this signing class, um, uh, Tyke's obvious, but who's the biggest get other than Tyke's, you think?
3: Well, you know, uh, I think that's a good question. I'm I'm thinking I'm probably going to go with probably either of the McGee guys. Uh, Pittman's uh, got a chance to be a really dynamic player in a lot of different roles as a slot mainly, but uh, Will Hall's talked about maybe moving him to uh, play some in the backfield as well as tailback and also maybe take some wildcat. So maybe he's a guy that can really put on the field and, and can make an impact to say a punt returner, kick returner, receiver next season, even though you've got decent experience and you hope Tim Jones returns there for your Will Hall. Uh, Pittman seems like a guy, really smart kid, that may be able to plug in right away and make some type of an impact. Uh, it just you know remains to be seen. I, I think Everett Cunningham, the transfer out of Memphis has got a chance to be a pass rusher that they've badly needed uh, really this season and and last season as well. So I think uh, for the most part, you know, some of these guys are going to take some time to develop, but uh, I'd say probably more than half these guys are guys that can kind of take the field right away and maybe make an impact this season.
0: Will Hall made the uh, reference in his or made the comment the other day in his press conference. Didn't seem like you know they they maybe intended to to sign this many wide receivers. He talked about mm-hmm. a need based versus a talent based and it just seemed like there was talent available and they were going to take it. What do you think about that?
3: Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think at receiver uh, with Brownlee uh, uh, coming back and and Tim Jones potentially coming back, you're talking about you know your top two guys. Uh, possibly be around for next season. It wasn't like they needed guys right away at receiver. Maybe a year from that, year or two from now, they're really going to need these guys, and they'll have some sophomores and juniors to work with. Uh, But, yeah, I'm like you. I think they kind of went with the best they could get at that point. I think they turned out okay. Uh, I thought they might have been wanting to sign a little bit more on the defensive side, but I think they signed some uh, some transfers uh, there in Montre Edwards and, and Cunningham guys that can come in and probably play immediately. I think Montre Edwards is the type of player that Southern Miss has kind of missed out on here in recent seasons. You know, a good-sized defensive tackle, good height, six foot three, uh obviously well thought of coming out of high school. Uh, he's the guy that I would expect to be playing uh, next season for Southern Miss. All
1: right, Patrick, let's switch gears to basketball. A lot of basketball up and coming now. The Golden Eagles win a game on the road last week, but the conference play is just right around the corner uh, obviously, things are a little better than the last time we talked about them. Where do you see this basketball team currently?
3: Well, obviously, they play better than they did at Tulane. That was that was a rough performance. Uh, the South Alabama game was really a game they should have won and, and lost that in the last moments. Uh, winning at Lamar is a big deal. You know, Lamar is maybe not the greatest team, uh, but they have beaten Louisiana Monroe, who Southern Miss uh, hosts on Saturday. So that ULM sets up as another game that. The Southern Miss can win before conference play, and I think that's important. Really, to just kind of gain some confidence. Uh, you've got ULM and Loyola on the 28th, and then you you know go right in the conference play with a, a good UTEP team. So that's back-to-back games with U, UTEP, back-to-back games with UAB. Uh, so you've got some tough games there early in the conference schedule. So at this point, at, at least you see them gaining confidence as they go, the, uh, gaining confidence as they go in the conference play. But still, a lot to uh, a, a lot of room to grow for Southern Miss going in.
1: And back to football, the conference championship game is about to take place, Marshall and UAB. Look back on the season as a whole for Conference USA, Patrick. Uh, give it a grade, one being terrible, ten being a, a banner year we're all really excited about.
3: Oh, man. That's, that's so hard. You're like this year. It's just so hard to Christ, put yes. things in the big things uh in the big uh in the big picture. So I, I think, you know, uh Marshall had a chance to really kind of make it a good year for Conference USA and they just kinda of fell on their face their late against Rice and uh ruined an undefeated season. So I think this was all around was not a good season for Conference USA of all the conferences they struggled with the uh, uh pandemic I think more than most. Of course whenever you're trying to get twelve games in uh, it, that makes it a little bit harder, and that's what Conference USA tried to do. Uh, so I, I think maybe they had some a mistake here too in how they wanted to make this work. Maybe they shouldn't have tried to uh, make the schedule that quite as big as they did. But uh, if one to ten, I'd give it about a three.
1: <laughs> and and what does it say? Uh, with all due respect to Conference USA, we cover the conference on this show. But what does it say? We have five or six Conference USA teams in bowl games. It sort of tells me that maybe there are too many bowl games. Is that an unfair statement?
3: Well, heck, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know how many bowls have been canceled this season, but it's around about 10 or so, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you've got uh, somebody, I think it's North Texas in a bowl game. Are you kidding me? Correct. I mean, that's that, in my point, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, that's a joke. Uh, so, I, you know, a lot of these teams are opting out, so you're going to see teams in bowl games that don't necessarily deserve to be there. I mean, you're talking about Liberty might be sitting at home and not in a bowl game. While North Texas is playing in the bowl, uh, that's stupid. Well, let me stop you uh, right there. How is that possible? Well, uh, Liberty doesn't have a bowl tie-in. They're not in a conference. Uh, in the past, wow. I think they had kind of a, a backdoor bid to the Cure Bowl, <laughs> wow. but I don't think they have that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's this bowl season is just making no sense. I mean. And then you look at at the Sun Belt where you had, they had to cancel their conference championship game, and they, they went ahead, and apparently they'd agreed to, if the conference game got canceled, uh, before the season they agreed that uh, both teams would be considered co-champs, which is a joke because Coastal Carolina is undefeated and they yeah. beat uh, Lafayette in the regular season. So it's just such a weird wow. year, and, 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 and why, you know, why North Texas is in a bowl game is just—I uh, mean, if I'm, com- you know, I, I'm just—if I'm Conference USA, it's like, you know what? We don't want that. <laughs> Some no, people no, do it. I no. mean, it's just not—it's just not right.
1: Patrick, I think you just put the exclamation point on 2020 that Liberty may not be in a bowl game, but North Texas is already in. Doesn't that pretty much wrap up the year, Patrick?
3: Yeah, and North Texas is going to get destroyed by Appalachian State in the bowl game. It's going <laughs> to. It's going to be bad. It's just a bad year for football, you know. There's been little glimpses of of hope, but overall it's been pretty ugly.
1: All right, Patrick. uh, This time next week we'll all be celebrating Christmas, so maybe a couple of weeks before we talk to you, we'll uh, be in touch with you the first week and decide how we want to do that. But in the event we don't talk to you next week, Merry Christmas to you and yours, my friend.
3: All right, Merry Christmas to y'all too.
1: Patrick McGee, everybody, our good buddy from the Biloxi Sun Herald, and we're always very, very grateful for his input. We'll find Kelly Santer and continue our conversation next.
2: Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour.
1: Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank Campus Bookmart, campusbookmart.net, for sponsoring that conversation uh, with Patrick McGee, also our good buddies, uh, as we mentioned, at Dickie's Barbecue. Uh, Campus Bookmart's a great place to do your Christmas shopping, and uh, you can do it uh, through Christmas Eve at their Hardy Street location. You can go online at campusbookmart.net and you can shop online. Kelly Sander now joins us. Uh, we'll be talking to Jeremy Hirsch here in the third segment about uh, Spartan Mosquito and the magnificent role they've just played in our annual uh, toy drive for Homes of Hope. Kelly, I know you're very familiar with Homes of Hope, dude. I can't tell you we got we got a truckload of toys. I, I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe four or five truckloads of toys. It was just it's been an incredible day,
4: and, and really, there, there's not. So many kids at homes of hope that it's not going to be a you know it'll be a great Christmas for all of them, and I think lots of times when people don't give, you know, they'll go well, the government will you know somebody will help them government wise. No. Well, yeah, it's a private it's a private um, effort, and it's a ministry. So the kids that you know the kids that live there, you know, they get to they're exposed to the, the Bible and mm-hmm. and you know they take classes like that. So they can because they're not publicly funded, they can do things that. You know that a lot of us would like to see that's right. You know happen. So well, Kelly, it.
1: let me tell you this: they're going to have a big Christmas day, and our hearts are really warm over that. And uh, later in the show, we're going to we're going to publicly thank the businesses that made this happen. But today's just been an awesome day.
4: And and you you know you always hear about Mississippi being made fun of by the rest of the country, but no. one thing we always lead the country in is generosity. That's exactly no. right. All
1: right, brother, conference. USA Championship game tonight, Marshall and UAB. I'm, I'm kind of a closet UAB fan. I've always admired the UAB athletic program and then what they endured and how they survived that and came back. I kind of like UAB to knock Marshall off tonight,
4: Kelly. Well, you know, Marshall, Marshall got beat by Rice, and that was the last time they played. It's been about a month ago. But when you take a look at these two teams, Bob, and the game will take place at Marshall, by the way, but these two teams are so unbelievably evenly matched. And here's some statistics just to, to show you about how close these teams are matched. Um, UAB rushes about 92 and a half yards a game. The herd rushes 102 and a half yards a game. So 10 yards difference. Yards per, per rush, 4.7 for UAB, 4.9 for Marshall. And rushing touchdowns this season, the Blazers have 10. The herd has nine. Okay. So I mean it doesn't and, and that's really what you want is, is and I don't think anybody will dispute that these are probably the two best teams um, in conference USA. Right. And so, you know, they, that game will be will be televised tonight by the CBS Sports Network. But uh, and, and but I like Marshall in that game, Bob. I I just think you know, after they got beat by Rice, they've had this time to prepare and a lot of UAB's games have been nip and tuck. Mm-hmm. But Marshall, other than that, the stubbing of their toe against Rice, Marshall has been has been really much better than right, everybody else right, they've right. played. So I like the herd.
1: Luke and Johnson, me. how in the world did Marshall
0: get beat by Rice? <sighs> I have no idea. And it's probably because Kelly it's probably because Kelly Center called it. I mean you know they they get, they had a game canceled on the twenty first against Charlotte. They had been basically been playing almost every week. Um, they missed a couple games in the regular season. And I think it was just one of those where they overlooked them. And Rice came in with a game plan. And you got to remember, just when Rice played the Golden Eagles, um, they struck quick and then they could tone it down and run the ball and have a 14-15 play drive and limit the, uh, the opponent's possessions. And, you know, the, here's the deal with UAB, though. U, UAB beat Rice last week, but UAB did not play a game for five weeks. They didn't play a single game in November. They didn't play uh they only played one game in December so far. That could be where they might just still be a a tad rusty. So I, I like Marshall in this game. I think Kelly said that too, so uh, I I'm, I'm on board with him.
1: All right, Kelly. What time's that game, do you know?
4: I think that's a seven o'clock start tonight. And again, CBS Sports Network will have uh the coverage of that uh conference. USA championship game but now the Sunbelt Conference not as lucky. Uh, they had their championship game, you know, scheduled between Coastal and Louisiana Lafayette, but COVID got the best of that. So in this world we live in today, the Sunbelt Conference has decided that everyone will get a trophy. <laughs>
1: That's good. I'm I'm feeling better now, Kelly. Thank you for yeah, sharing that. I'm one.
4: glad. I'm glad you are, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> so so they have uh, they are crowning co-champions that the Cajuns and the Chanticleers will both be <laughs> crowned champions.
1: How can that this be? Is, Didn't this this Coach still hurts, beat them are. in the regular season? Didn't they beat? They
0: did. Yeah, they did.
1: Yeah. And went undefeated, and they're going to be the co-champions with the team they beat.
0: Well, you got the. the well, this the, goes the back division. to the argument yesterday. You guys were talking about about do you just name a regular season champion? Why do you have a championship game? I think that you know Coastal should be it by default because they won the earlier game. Where it hurts, and I told you this during the break, Bob Kelly. Where it hurts Coastal is they've got a chance to be in a New Year's Day Six Bowl, and so what? What the Sun Belt's trying to do? They're trying to basically replay this canceled championship game in, like, the Cure Bowl, the Camellia Bowl, and it could possibly hurt Coastal if some stuff shakes out where they would have a chance at a New Year's Day Bowl. So, you know, if I'm Coastal and, and I'm looking at a, quote, you know, rematch of a championship game, i was like, no, I've already beat that team. I'm going to go play in, in possibly a bigger bowl.
4: Well, that makes sense, except that that would hurt Louisiana Lafayette's feelings.
1: and <laughs> We can't have that. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, that, that's the top priority. I uh, can't hurt anybody's uh, feelings, Kelly. Come football. on,
4: and yeah. probably the the biggest sports headline today, guys. Not conference USA related, but but this could be the first domino falling in 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 this type of situation. The University of Memphis today announced that because of the money losses during COVID, the athletic department has secured a twelve million dollar bank loan just to keep the doors open of the athletic department at the University of Memphis because the Liberty Bowl couldn't hardly sell any tickets for football, the FedEx forum isn't drawing any, games, any, any fans for basketball. The AD said that, that people who have retired or quit, he's not filled those jobs. He said he's absolutely cut to, to the bone, and there's no money. So they went to the private sector and garnered a $12 million loan that has to be paid out um, in a seven-year period, no longer than a seven-year period, but that looms. You know that 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 question looms now. How are other athletic departments across the country going to continue to deal with the lack of revenue that COVID has caused?
1: Yeah, and it's going to hit in basketball too. Uh, you know, attendance is going to be way way down in basketball.
4: Yeah, and and you know, Southern Miss. You know, the, the crowds haven't been great at Southern Miss over the past years. But when you got teams like. You know, Memphis and, you know, some of these other, you know, the, the Kentuckys and the Louisvilles and the Kansases of the world, Duke, North Carolina, those those sports almost raise as much money as as football does. Right. So and when you're used to making that money, you t- tend to spend that kind of money. Right? right. So I think this is I think actually by Southern Miss having lived on a shoestring for the past 10 years or so, I think that's actually helping. I mean, COVID, they're already used to doing with not very much, right? Mm-hmm. Southern miss, whereas some of these other schools like Memphis, who have lived, you know, pretty high off the hog, as we used to say back on the farm, well, that money's not there anymore. So now what do you do? Well, they went to the private sector, and I, I just think that's kind of a dangerous um, dangerous way to go, uh, particularly if, if you get the loan from one bank. Well, what if you got six banks in town that are big supporters of your university? And, Mm -hmm. you know, you make the other banks mad that you didn't go to them for a loan. So, man, what a mess, again, COVID has caused in our sports lives over the past year and a half or so. Yeah. Uh, And and you
1: know what's so terrible, too, Kelly, is I'm going to guess that these big, rich, power five schools, they're probably not hurting all that much, as much as the – as the schools like Memphis, is that not fair to say? I, wouldn't they have so much money stacked up in reserve that they could ride this out?
4: No, that's a, that's abs- kind of what I was saying, Bob. I think, you know, because you, you talk to some of your buddies who make a million dollars a year, and they go, yeah, I might commit. Well, my friends.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, your friends, Kelly. I don't, I don't know anybody that makes a <laughs> yeah, million. Yeah, no, I got
4: yeah. you. I got you. I corrected yeah. myself. Yeah. But I'll say, yeah, ma- dude, you're making a million a year. And he says, yeah, and I'm spending 1.2. You know, So that's my point, is these these Power Five schools who have all this money. Have spent you know, it. Yeah. The ones that have advisors for the defensive secondary coach and an advisor for the
1: well, you're right. offensive yeah.
4: coordinator. and all. I mean, if they're making that kind of money, they're spending it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the fact that Southern Mess has never had the money, they've, they've, they've always not had money, if that makes
1: sense. Um, I can identify with that greatly, Kelly. Yes, I know yeah. exactly what you're saying.
4: Yeah, so, right. so I think I think it's going to hurt the Power 5 schools more than it's going to hurt mm-hmm. them smaller Interesting
1: schools. point. Interesting point. Something needs to hurt them. It, yeah, it's been their way, nothing but their way here for years and years, so maybe they right. can get in the same pot with the rest of us here for a while. All right, Kelly, we're going to bring you back in the last segment. I want to talk about that Monday night football matchup and uh, – get on a little NFL talk. By the way, Kelly, this is the luck you and I have, right? My team, the Redskins, win four games in a row and now Alex Smith is hurt again and we've got the trash can from Ohio State starting Saturday, Sunday against, of all people, Seattle. So, the uh, the winning streak was fun while it lasted, Kelly.
4: Yeah, well, Luke said that Marshall hasn't played, you know, hasn't played in four or five weeks. The Bengals haven't played in 12 weeks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kelly and I will make ourselves feel better about our collectively terrible teams when he comes back later. Next, we're going to talk to Jeremy Hirsch, Spartan Mosquito. We've just got such a great Christmas story to tell. We'll be right back.
2: Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
1: I want to thank 4th Street Bar and Grill, sponsoring the third segment of every day's Eagle Hour program. It's a great place to enjoy lunch five days a week, just $8.95. I guarantee there's going to be a lot of good football on the TVs down there tonight with the Conference USA Championship game being aired on CBS and then... All the conference championship games all weekend long. You'll see them all at 4th Street Bar and Grill. All right, we just wrapped up uh, today something that we started uh, five years ago. Uh, JT and I uh, started this several years ago, and and corner market food stores have always been the gracious host of our uh, Homes of Hope toy drive, where we try to raise uh, toys and canned food uh, for the kids that live down at Homes of Hope. and in hopes that they will have as good a Christmas as the kids in my house have always had, and and I'm sure many of you listening. Well, this year uh the gentleman that's about to come on the Eagle Hour owns Spartan Mosquito Company, Jeremy Hirsch. He joined us, and before I get to Jeremy, I, I want to thank Spartan Mosquito, Corner Market Food Stores, the Citizens Bank, Warren & Warren Asphalt, and Bokoma Casino for all participating and in, in helping us make uh, this drive possible. But I asked Jeremy to come on the show because Jeremy got involved for the first time this year and he got, I'm going to let him tell the story, but Jeremy, I got to tell you, man, because of you and your company, this toy drive this year just absolutely blew everybody away. Let me just say that because of you and and the people that you put together in this effort, the kids at homes of hope are going to have one heck of a Christmas day. And I just want to publicly thank you and just ask you, Exactly, what did you do because you guys literally raised truckloads of toys?
2: Uh, you know it, 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 despite our best efforts, um, um, it really was the folks that we chose kind of to partner with. you know we don't we don't have that type of business where people come in and out of our doors all day long, you know, and that's what a tour drive is all about. So we reached out to some businesses here in in, in Purvis. Um, that we're familiar with that have always been, you know, really good to folks and, and have big hearts. And uh, those businesses, you know, Todd Schwabel State Farm, next door Insurance, Reflection Salon, and Jesse Jane Boutique, and they all put, um, you know, toy drive chests in, in their locations. And, you know, through their efforts and ours, I, you know, we just knocked it out of the park. I'm, I'm just glad everybody could come together and make it happen.
1: Let me say it's not only toys. Uh, you you guys collected really nice uh, clothing for these kids. Uh, I saw school backpacks. I saw bicycles. I saw scooters. I, I saw every, just everything you can imagine. My only regret is I can't be there to see them Christmas Day when, when these kids see uh, what you folks did. I just, I just don't think we could ever thank you enough, Jeremy.
2: Hey, just doing it is thanks enough. You know, we're 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 glad that we could be a part of it, and we're looking forward to to doing it next year as well.
1: Uh, well, we 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 hope that you'll partner uh, with us forever. And, and again, uh, on behalf of everybody at Super Talk, just a huge thank you. And and as you say to Jesse uh, James Boutique. Reflections Hair Salon, uh, the State Farm agent, Mister Swabble. We really appreciate uh, them because we could. You, I guess that's where the. I guess that's where the toys were taken. Am I correct about that? That's where many of them were gathered up.
2: Yes, sir. They 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 had the, the boxes there in their uh, places of business, and um, you know our folks brought some toys, and and then the local folks here in Purvis and and their business connections. Um, brought toys and everybody just kind of came together to to make sure that everyone had a good Christmas.
1: Well, again, you, the job—it's just hard for me to describe. But you can go to the Facebook page, the uh, Super Talk Hattiesburg Facebook page, and and they have some pictures up there posted. But that that doesn't even really uh, do us justice. And and we want to thank everybody. I just got a text from Todd, uh, actually Jeremy, that said after I left the site today, people started showing up and handing money out. So. Uh, it's just been an enormous day and and you were just a massive huge part of that we want to thank you now i also want to ask you about your company because i think it is a great story and i think listeners around uh, the state of mississippi will enjoy hearing this i know we have some uh, we have some good listeners up in the mississippi delta couple of those guys are buddies of mine, and, and there's nowhere in the world, really, that you need uh, your product more than in the Mississippi Delta because they have a, their own breed of mosquitoes up there. You own Spartan Mosquito Company, and, and that's a company that I think has a fascinating beginning here in Mississippi, and it's now really an international company. Tell us a story, if you will, Jeremy, about Spartan Mosquito. Uh,
2: that, that's a tough one. Um, first and foremost, no one knows what they're doing at all. I have no, you know, I've never done this before and, and neither have any of the folks that, that work with us, but we're all just doing the best we can. And, um, you know, I think our, our focus on, you know, ensuring that our, our stuff is, is made here in America by Americans and, and our, our customer service um, and our capacity to, to change, you know, and evolve as, as things change has really been what's helped us. You know, it, it's kind of hard to be a Mississippi company and be growing like a, a you know, tech startup in California. Um, it's it's kind of nice to to have that here in Mississippi. And we have this diaspora of people, you know, through throughout the country and then some overseas. And it really just takes every single person, given everything they've got to, to be where we are. Um, but, you know, like i kind of started talking in in the beginning. None of us have ever done this before. So um, despite us, um, the company is is doing what it's doing. I wouldn't say it's collectively um, any one person. It really has taken a whole team, and that team continues to grow.
1: Let me just tell you, folks, if you don't know what I'm talking about, this is a product that you can go buy. It's very simple. It's a really very simple process. Basically, you add water to it, shake it up, and hang it. Uh, in your backyard and it is astonishing how it rids your property of mosquitoes and it allows you to sit outside and in the spring and the summer and the evening and and enjoy the night air uh without mosquitoes is that uh, is that something that was that formula created right here in the pine belt jeremy yes
2: sir we' we'd seen um Um, there's there's kind of a a break between the scientific community and the business community where uh, a lot of the scientific community focuses on research and, of course, the business community focuses on turning a profit. And, uh, you know, what we saw was that there were technologies that had been used um, for a really long time. They'd never been perfected to the point where they could be commercialized. But all the research, all the science, all the testing, um, the manufacturing, everything's right here in Mississippi.
1: And you're selling this product all over the world, aren't you? Uh,
2: primarily in the United States. Um, the, the, we're limited in our capacity to produce, so um, the, the priority has always been uh, the United States. Uh, the last two years, we've run into some problems. I mean, in in um, April of of 2018, I think we sold out for... 2019 and in august of of 2019 we sold out for all of 2020 and um, right now we're kind of looking at our our procurement and our production capacities and and trying to find out how many extra units we have that that aren't sold out so um that that's been the difficulty is that we really haven't been able to keep up with with the demand here in the United States or overseas.
1: How about that? Well, that's a good problem to have, right? If you're going to have a business That's what everybody problem, says yeah. unless
2: you're living it. it, it, <laughs> I got it you. Everybody says that. I they all say you. it's a good problem to have. Um, but, yes, it beats the alternative. It would be horrible if, uh, if nobody was buying our stuff. Right.
1: All right, Luke Johnson, you're a minister. You're a guy that spends a lot of time around young people. Uh, your thoughts about a guy like Jeremy that um, – Busy as he is, takes the time to engineer something like he did and 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 just blow this toy drive completely out of the water.
0: Christmas is a time of hope and uh, and when we do things like this today and what uh, Spartan Mosquito has done, there is a sign of tangible hope. I mean, just if it puts a smile on a kid's face and all that points to the ultimate reason why we celebrate, uh, the, the Christmas season. But I mean, it, it is. And, uh, th- there's a, this, this quote's been ringing in my head. You, the Christmas Carol, when Jacob Marley comes back and visits Scrooge and Scrooge gets on or uh, Marley gets on to Scrooge and Scrooge freaks out and he says, Oh, you were such a good guy, Marley. Marley said this. He said, I got so concerned in my business that I forgot that mankind was my business. And that's what we see today, people using their business to reach the the greatest thing of all, and that's to love and serve one another, in this case, children, which is the greatest thing you can do.
1: And that's what you did, Jeremy, and uh, we're forever grateful to you, my man. And uh, uh, one more time, I'd I'd just like to say thank you and, and Merry Christmas to you.
2: Yes, sir. The, the same view. We're just super glad we could be a part of it. And, and we hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. And um, in particular, all the folks at Homes for Hope, you know, have, have a good Christmas and, and a great holiday season.
1: All right, Jeremy. Thank you very much. Jeremy Hirsch, everybody, the owner Thanks, of Spartan Mosquito Company, a veteran a really great guy and look i would be remiss and i don't want to be uh, without thanking triple a ambulance as well for this year's and every year's toy drive it's amazing luke their drivers just stop from the time we set up to the time we leave and while they're out working they go buy toys and bring them to the toy drive they did the same thing today and they filled up boxes on their own so uh what do, you, what do you say? AAA Ambulance, Corner Market Food Stores, The Citizens Bank, Warren and Warren Asphalt, Spartan Mosquito, Mocoma Casino. Our hearts are warm uh, with gratitude for everything you've done, and a Merry Christmas to all the kids at Homes of Hope. We'll be back, wrap up this week's Eagle Hour after this.
2: Southern Miss to the top.
0: Last segment of the week brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg. One week until Christmas. Maybe somebody in your family, you want to get them an automobile. Maybe that rising senior or your wife's been driving that minivan for 15 years. Be a man. Buy her a brand new car. Go see our friends at Toyota of Hattiesburg. You can shop all the time, toyotahattiesburg.com, and look at their entire Inventory. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel Kelly Center on the phone. So uh, Will Hall announces yesterday, right when we got off air, I think Jack sent the email out about an hour after we got off air, that the coaching staff has been rounded out. Three more coaches uh, coming in for the Golden Eagles. Greg Meyer will serve as the special teams coordinator. He has been the special teams analyst at the University of Georgia for the last three years. And, of course, during that time, Georgia has gone 30-7 and and has gone to two straight Sugar Bowls. Dan O'Brien will be the safeties coach. Uh, Remember, Chad Williams will coach the corners. But uh, Dan O'Brien will coach the safeties he's been at georgia for the last two years as a defensive quality control coach uh, before that he was at the naval academy for five years and coached safeties there as well and then uh, one of the most uh, important guys on the staff the strength and conditioning coach lance Ankar comes in he spent this past season as the assistant director of football strength and conditioning at ole miss Prior to that he was the director of football strength and conditioning at South Alabama from two thousand sixteen through or two thousand and seventeen to two thousand and nineteen so guys all in all I mean uh, this is a home run staff uh, this is a good staff kelly center an all star staff from will hall and I, I just see guys with connections to the south I mean they're just everywhere and I think that kind of goes back to will will hall's persona kelly I, I'm
4: surprised that the strength and conditioning coach um, well, I guess I'm not surprised that he left Ole Miss because I guess he was catching flat because he was never a member of fraternity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're just full, you're full of yourself. He you just caused me more trouble than you can imagine, Santa.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad to have him. That's for sure. And now, you know, just with the limited time that they've had to get things going, I mean, I think, I think the one thing you know about Will Hall so far is he doesn't waste any time. <laughs> you know, I mean, you hire this guy to take over the. The job. I mean, he hit the ground running, and I don't think he stopped since. Um, and that that sense of enthusiasm and positivity is already rubbing off on the fan base uh, for sure. So I, I expect that. Um, and and next year, you know, and I, he's speaking pretty loudly about no such thing as a rebuild. You know, when they're when they're tweeting out, you know, twenty twenty one conference to say either Western Division champs or champs. I mean, they're they're ready to get an effort. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Uh, Pulled up, you guys, the latest Massey ratings in basketball. Not moves not so good for the, for the Eagles, who are 2-3 and three overall. The Massey ratings have them at dead last in Conference USA. as the 14th-ranked offense, which is last. The 7th-ranked defense in the league. UAB leads the way in the latest Massey ratings, but the Blazers are 7-0. and if There are other teams who are off to great starts, including Florida, International, and Rice. They're both 5-1. and one. Marshall is... Four and one, Western Kentucky and La Tech at five and two, and uh, like I say, the Eagles, and then just above them, Middle Tennessee, and just above them, UT San Antonio, which to some similar starts. But again, everybody's got to get their stuff together because league play starts. I mean, it starts. You talk about turning the calendar to 2021. The Eagles have their first two games on January 1st and January 2nd, both at Reed Green Coliseum against UTEP, and UTEP comes in. Ranked sixth in
0: conference USA according to the latest master readings. Good, uh, good stuff there. Well, let's just say it this way: the only way the only way we can go is up, right? So uh, right. that uh, <laughs> at least makes us feel better. Hey, uh, thanks to, to Caleb Hamill, Bob, for answering this uh, while we were, I, I think, second or third segment. It got reported um, from Ross Dellinger that of, of Sports Illustrated. Sources are telling Sports Illustrated that Liberty is guaranteed a bowl spot at nine and one, looking like they may go to the Gasparilla Bowl, which would be in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay, Florida. So. Uh, yeah, you, it's hard when you're an independent and, and we get that. I think that, you know, one of these, uh, and Kelly and Bob, you can comment, comment on this. I think one of the challenges for this year for the independents was they weren't contractually obligated to pay anybody because they didn't have a conference looking out for them. And you look at how many games BYU got in, and you look at how many games Liberty got in. I think it's a real testament, you know, to their programs, um, for being able to pull a season off and still go to a bowl game.
1: Yeah, it's been a weird year. A lot of bowl games canceled. Haven't there been eight, nine bowl games maybe canceled? Is there going to be a Liberty Bowl? Did I understand that, or misunderstand what you just said? You're talking about
0: Liberty the University, correct? Liberty the yeah the yeah. freezes, I the Fighting you. Freezes. They will go you. to a bowl game. And yeah. you guys, I'm not. And just because, just because as of
4: today's date, the bowl games are scheduled, obviously
0: doesn't
4: mean that they're going to be played. I mean. Right got some more COVID news around every corner, it
3: seems. Unfortunately. um,
4: Yeah, and we talked about UTSA accepting a bold bid
3: and then it got canceled and then they accepted another one. We'll see how
1: that goes. All right, that wraps the week up. We appreciate you tuning in each and every day at 1 o'clock, wherever you choose to join us. We hope you have a great weekend, a safe weekend. Until next time, Southern Miss. To To the top.
0: Seven, seven seven into the future. I want to fly like an eagle.